Welcome to our weekly podcast of Womankind Collective with me, Lou Hawkins-Thompson and me, Jinty Sheeran. Join us as we embark on a fun and educational journey, talking to experts and advocates on subjects that are often taboo. So get the kettle on and settle in for a chat and probably a lot of laughter along the way. topic this week is menarche and menopause and the relationship and similarities between our first and last periods and we welcome back Kim McCabe founder and facilitator of Rights for Girls and author of From Daughter to Woman to chat with us. In the book collective we discuss our new book Deborah James How to Live When You Could Be Dead. This month's foodie collective theme is food for migraine sufferers. Um, Lou has a bit of a migraine today, so this will be a test for you, mm, won't it? Will. Um, we have a very easy dish, uh, yet tasty dish that you might want to try. Find out how we are getting on with our WI this week. And finally, we have a quote for the week from Lou. So, Lou, how's your week been? Oh, it's been good, actually. So I managed to get 24 hours away with my girls. Oh, we went to Bath Spa, which was really precious. 24 hours, not long enough. If you've got, if you're a no-nester and your children are away, you know that those times are yeah. even more precious than when they're at home and you're shouting at them to pick up the bloody towels. And... Yeah, oh, I know. We, we need to do a podcast on empty nesters, don't I we? I think we do. Yeah. Anyone out there do. that has got an empty nest this year, just this year, gone off to uni or yeah. something, let us know. Yeah. And... So how did it go with the oh, girls? It was lovely. Really, really lovely. And it's, you know, it's getting your to know your children again as adults isn't it yes because and then that's that's always a bit of a bit of a strange one but really lovely um oh, I took my mum took my, we got a little festival a little literary festival in yeah. Budley and I took my mum to see Pam Ayres love a bit of Pam Ayres well do you know what I bought her the ticket and I said I'll come with you know I bought her the ticket we'll go together mum thinking I'm just going to sit there and just listen yeah I was belly laughing were you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I've got a very short poem is my actual quote from Pam. Oh, I love Ayers. that. I was so hoping you have. Yeah. She's so dry, isn't oh, she? she's so funny. I, <laughs> I forgot how funny and her observational skills yeah. are superb. So my, I was thinking about observational skills this morning. Obviously, I had a lovely 24 hours where you come home and it's like, shite and detritus everywhere and in the house. There's only, <laughs> There's him, only one of him. Him and the dog and the cat. <laughs> anyway. So I was going out for, this is me having a little moan now. So you're going to have to listen to me, Jint. Your ears are going to be bleeding. Come on, crack so, on. Yeah, We've so, all been there. So I was getting the dog ready to take her for a walk this morning. Half seven in the morning. Lovely. Happy days. Um, I brought the washing down, put some washing on, done all my bits upstairs. Anyway, getting the getting the doggly, dog collar on. He walks down the stairs. Oh, don't worry. I've brought the cups down. Oh, Thanks. <laughs> And I, I we, were you worried? Were you really worried about those two cups? Do you know what? Cups? I thought I said, "Do you want a fucking medal?" <laughs> and and I thought I'm not going to get into a competition, but I'd already put the washing on. Most of it was his. I'd made the bed. I'd wipe round the bathroom because you know toothpaste and yeah. men don't go hand in hand, do no, they? They can't keep it in one place. No, they can't keep the anything in one place, <laughs> can they? I don't know what they do with no. toothpaste. No, I don't. So you know, up the mirror and all. So I just give that a little wipe down. Done that. Got myself quickly ready you know estrogen gel slapped on at every crevice this morning and um off I went but I didn't actually tell him that but he had to tell me he brought two cups downstairs 
So I don't know if it's just me or is it does, does Johnny do yeah, that? No, he doesn't anymore. But he used to say things like, um, I brought all the, I brought the dirty washing down for you. Like it was a fucking gift. Like, that is it. It's a gift that keeps on giving. So I said, I said, what is it? Just mine then? Anyway, is it just my washing in there? And oh. then I'd look through it in front of him and say, I've got one pair of fucking pants that's in what here. Mine Who's was washing? That's what mine was this morning. And a pair of pajamas I wore away. That was it. The rest of it was a whole load of his. Anyway, so yes. that, that's my rant. So that's your answer. He does do it as well. He does yeah. do it. And you know what? I'm going to get him a little cup or a medal, I think. Oh, yes. You know, because how good is that? Yeah. What a good what a good has, husband two that is. Cups. Two he cups. He brought two cups. And he had to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. That's for you, that is. Yeah. That's your little present. With the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> anyway, Jen, so that's my rant. How has your week been? <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I, I had a good week. Um, we had, earlier this week, we received a message. Um, from, we received a couple of messages. We lovely Mrs. Menno calls. She's, oh, she's fab. Lush, she? Um, and she sent us a message about Tesco offering free sanitary <gasps> products to folks who are struggling financially. I read that. Yes. Um, and it said, apparently, on this um, post that she sent, apparently that you can go to customer services and ask for Beth. That's and fine. you will be given a bag of sanitary stuff. So I, I thought I'd better look into the facts first before I post it. So I looked into it. Now, Freedom for Girls uh, are a UK campaign supporting um, all who menstruate with access to uh, a choice of free products and education uh, to empower and reduce stigma about periods. Um, and they say it's not all Tesco shops. Um, and they are right. So I couldn't find anything on the Tesco website. Ah. I did, however, find out that one woman, one woman, bless her, who worked in a Tesco branch in Yorkshire had organized something for this store, encouraging shoppers in need to come and request a white envelope in inverted commas. Um, another lovely Tesco worker started up a scheme in Worcester, mm -hmm. um, but it's by far not a national thing. Um, and so... Then, Lou, mm -hmm. I found that Morrison's had launched a discreet new service to help those who are struggling to afford sanitary products in spring 2021. Wow, it's all these before things before all this. We need know, the... to know. We need, we need to be shouting about. Yeah, you know. exactly. So they they said their new initiative will be rolled out in all 497 of its stores after an employee came up with the idea um, to help vulnerable customers. So I'm not sure that was spring 21. So I'd like to think they've done it, but I don't know. We must. We'll oh, look if anyone into whether and if anyone's working for any of those companies, if they can just even just DM us and let us know definitely really. and in a morrison's you've got to ask for sandy oh, it'd be nice if it was just one name what well it's because a bit... at, the, at bars you ask for angela don't you bars you ask for angela which pharmacies fine because you, ask... you can just go off and just angela yeah. and that's a word pharmacies you ask for annie if okay. for domestic abuse that's so good i didn't know that that's, that's really brilliant. good um but like miss menacle says it's a bit confusing with all these names i understand the pharmacy one and the, for domestic abuse and the one in bars because you're with the bloke yeah. and you need uh, a code yeah. word why do we need a code word for sanitary towns no you just need you're, to, you you're to, adding to the stigma lou aren't yeah, you yeah it's it is i i, I agree i agree and I no. totally agree for anything physical, uh, sexual, anything like that, abuse, definitely. But yeah, that needs to be cloaked. I think we need to actually 
yep. say the word. Yeah, I do too. The only the only thing I can think there is people might not like the stigma of poverty. It, it, you know, if you've got to go and ask for something and say, I can't afford. But you're you know, not even going to say that. You just, just say, I've come, it, I've come for the, sanit- the sanitary work, mm. the sanitary towels or whatever, you mm. know. Yes, yeah, so Morrison's. That's Fantastic. the one to go to. And if to. Any work and can, say, anyone works for them, let us know if it's oh, all go, you know going ahead. Yeah, please do. And and the Tesco's because I wasn't able to find out anything there. Um, so I, I just also in now in 2017, Plan UK did an online study. Well, this is while we're talking of periods, of a thousand girls aged between 14 and 21, which reveals the extent of period poverty in the UK. Now, bear in mind, this was five years ago, and poverty in the UK has got a lot worse since then. So we tend to think period poverty is a thing of, um, you know, it's not us don't we? So, but it is. The study found that one in 10 girls are unable to afford sanitary wear. One in 10. One in Isn't it? One in seven struggle to afford sanitary wear. One in seven have to ask to borrow from a friend due to affordability issues. One in five have changed to a less suitable sanitary wear due to affordability issues. But it also showed that half of the girls were embarrassed by their periods. That's a lot of people mm-hmm. in this day and age. One in seven um, were like myself, still did not know what was happening when they had their first period. So that's a heck of a lot in 2022, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and the thing is, yeah, homes, I mean, you know, parents, guardians, homes should be talking about it but obviously we know there are situations where parents guardians aren't actually around yeah but also what are schools doing I know schools are a safe place they're the mainstay aren't they there but a lot of children get their hot meals their only hot meal of the day they should be bringing the subject up not waiting for kids to go to them absolutely and And why can't they have us if you need areas you know like you go and visit to to get sanitary yeah I don't know Freedom for Girls, they're they're brilliant and they're working on getting the free um, sanitary uh, products into all toilets everywhere, schools, um, public places, yeah, which would be fantastic. And a great book on everything periods is It's About Bloody Time um, by Emma Barnett, isn't it? We read that. That's really good. And sorry to keep rubbishing on, on, um, but I came across an amazing truth when I visited the Vagina Museum in Bethnal Green. And I thought, I haven't had a chance to bring this up, actually. But in 1956, Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, a black American inventor, was granted a patent for her design of an adjustable sanitary belt. She designed the product in the early 1920s, but had to spend over 30 years raising enough money to register uh, the patent, which she did. Her belt was revolutionary. I've got a photo of it, which I'm going to put on Instagram, um, as it allowed the user to change their pads with ease whilst on the move. And her product was the first to have an adhesive element to keep the pad in place. Son Nap Pack was the first company to show any interest in developing Kenner's product in the late 1950s. But when she met with their representative in person, they immediately cancelled their proposal deal upon finding out that she was black. Black and a woman. 
Yes, probably a bit of both. Over the next several years, many companies uh, declined to work with Kenna due to her race. Eventually, her patent expired, which allowed commercial companies to use her design without any profit or payment going to her, which they all oh, did. Oh, bless yeah. her. So she then continued to invent products until her old age including aids for wheelchairs, cleaning devices, and she currently holds the record for most U.S. patents awarded to a black woman. That's fantastic, That's isn't it? That's amazing. But her most successful invention remains the one she has written out of history for. And at the Vagina Museum, they hope to change that, and so do we. So remember her name. It's Mary Kenner. Oh, we've had some great comments this week, Jens. We've we? had some lovely comments. Just before that, Lou, I just want to um, tell you quickly a couple of little wins <laughs> I've had this week. Just very quickly. She's my, on one my, this week. You can't shut her up you this week. I haven't seen anyone all morning. We're recording in the <laughs> afternoon and they need to get it all out. Come on. So my first one is, I just want to say how brilliant it is that it's jumper weather. I love a jumper. Do you like a jumper? No, not really. I, don't, I was thinking then, I don't think I've ever seen you in a jumper. I don't, no, I don't. I don't like a jumper. I do like a jumper for the coziness. But you know what? I love to be free and flowing in my summer dresses. Free and flowing. Yeah, I do like a jumper. I love a jumper. Mm. I've seen um, a nice crochet jumper with the queen and one of her corgis on the back. Bugger anyway, off, I'm just, doing no, that. No, we'll ask Zoe to do thanks. that. Zoe Hodgson. <laughs> yeah, come on, Zoe. And the second, the second win yeah. is more of a win as you're talking about um, husband. Um, something that was lost and found in our house this week. So something that was lost way back at the beginning of the summer was um, my husband's favourite shorts. And um, we've got three boys in the house, well, including him, because I think he is a boy. But <clears throat> three boys in the house, and I thought oh, somebody's just put them in their their drawer again, washing. Mm. But I'm not going searching through everywhere. So I was adamant. Get, come on, everybody, look through all your drawers. Where's these bloody shorts? Uh, and so on and so forth. No, it's not in mine, not in mine. I can't find it. This week, Lou, I um, tidied up my chair that I sit on to, in the morning when I put my moisturizer on. Tidied my chair up and I've been sat on them for four months. <laughs> They were warm. <laughs> they were very warm. I gave him a little wash and put them back in his drawer. Did you tell him? Or no. Did you just go. He said my shorts have just appeared. Well, they're probably there all the whole time. Did you actually look for them? <laughs> you know me so well. I do. I do. So let's get on to these comments. Yes, comments. Um, is it me first? It yes, is. it is. It is you so first. lots of you, including Wendy, Kat, and Sasha, loved our quote for the week um, two weeks ago from Kate Codrington. Um, if you haven't heard it, listen to the episode one or see our Instagram post. But yeah, they all love that quote. Fantastic. And regular listener and viewer, because we've got a YouTube channel. Yes. Joe Boswell said, dog walked, porridge eaten, cup of tea in hand in an hour with these three fantastic ladies. Great to see you back. And when Kate talked about the seasons in our life, Joe added, in a time of deep fear and emotional turbulence, it is comforting to hear it explained this way. I think it's so important to believe that the hard times are stages and there is hope for the future. Thank you as always. You keep me going. That's well said because I think it is. If you think of things in terms of stages, yeah. you you don't look at have to look at the whole bigger picture, do you? And 
Aline Boblin tells us she has just reached the very end of the episode, uh, episode one, and Kate Codrington quote, what a perfect ending. I'm adding this to my bag of one-liners. Fantastic, Aileen. And commenting on last week's episode with Vulva Cancer uh, with Claire Baumhauer, sorry, Claire, Mrs. Menocause told us I really feel for Claire how long do these women's health journeys have to be she's absolutely correct about looking at our vulvas not only are we not encouraged as children to see what it looks like down there but we're actively sometimes vehemently discouraged all the shame all the same shame stigma shit as usual yes well said You will remember that back in May, we had an uplifting conversation with Kim McCabe, founder of Rights for Girls, about her organisation who mentor girls right through their adolescence. Rights for Girls also train women and facilitate girls groups. And in the same episode, we spoke to Naomi Shogler, who has had just completed her training. We discussed with Naomi briefly some of the common ground that might be found with men up, adolescents and menopause. And after the show aired, Kim told us, excuse me, that many of the mothers of the girls are perimenopausal and menopausal whilst wanting to support their daughters into enjoying their menstrual cycle. And if you've listened to episode one, series five, two weeks ago with Kate Codrington, you will know that a lot of links were made between menarche and menopause. How what is, is happening around this time of your menarche? might have some impact on your menopause. We thought it would be interesting to explore these connections in more depth. So today, we welcome back Kim McCabe to discuss menarche and menopause. Welcome back, Kim. Thank you. I'm really <laughs> delighted to be here again. Oh, it's lovely to see your face again. So we know that many mothers are going to be at the same, some stage of menopause as their daughters are just beginning their menstrual menstruating journey what have you noticed or been told by either mother or daughter about this well first of all I need to start with my own personal story Mm. um we have three children and our youngest is a daughter and um around the time that she was going into her menarche she was around the time when I was becoming perimenopausal, but actually even before that for many years. Um, at Rights for Girls, we have two kinds of girls groups that we offer. There's girls journeying together groups, which are in person, and they run for a year, um, meeting monthly so the girls get to feel what monthly feels like and helping to make tra- that transition from year six to year seven. And at the same time as we work with the girls, we also hold a mother's circle. and so. Many of the mums bringing their daughters, you know, why did they bring their daughters? Because two reasons. One, um, they wish they'd had something like this themselves. But also, particularly for those mothers who are entering into some bumpy water with their hormones themselves, they're looking for something for themselves too. And so certainly with Girls Journey Together groups, we offer that. Um, Our other program, the online program, Girls Net, um, is for the girls only. And so... We do hear from those mothers, you know, do you, do you run <laughs> for mums too? And I think, I think really, you know, I founded Rights for Girls well over 10 years ago, 
because I saw a real need for support for girls as they make that really important transition from being a young girl towards becoming a teenager and then a young woman. And um, I think there's the same lack mm. of support for us as women as we also make that really important transition from being a fertile um, woman towards um having our, our kind of fertility and creativity expressed in other ways. I have to say, making that transition myself has been really exciting and for the most part, joyous. And that, that was my motivation for creating the girls groups and the work that we do at Rights for Girls. Yeah. For the girls is wanting to make a transition that many of the girls are feeling really ambivalent about. I mean, of course, a part of them kind of really wants it as much as anything else to be in tr on track with everyone else they don't want to be the last and they don't want to be the first they want to be in the pack if everyone's going to start bleeding well they want to do it at the same time as everyone else but when you get down to it they're really not sure about it at all yeah. and um so we want to give them the guidance and the support that they need to be able to welcome it and also to be able to manage it really well and I think that same guidance and support is missing for women at that later stage um, I remember, sorry, this is this I'm going off topic, but no, no, it's no, really, really important to me. Before I had any kind of perimenopausal symptoms at all, I remember I was meeting in a cafe with a group of older women. Um, and um suddenly one of them kind of got all flustered and another one kind of waved the waiter over and they said, water, water, give her water. And there's suddenly this sort of great kind of um, energy around something that was happening. And I kind of, and I felt really stupid. They all knew each other really well, but I kind of said, well, what, what is everything okay? And she said, oh no, no, I'm just having a flush. I'm having a hot flush, really intense. And I was so lucky because I had the opportunity to then say, can you tell me about it? And I had these three older women went through for each of them, their different experiences and stories. And I was able to ask questions and I, that doesn't happen naturally. And that's what we create for the girls is a place where they can ask questions before and during whilst they're making that transition. And I got it for myself as a, as an older woman. And I'm so grateful yeah. um, because actually, you know, in a way, nothing can prepare you, but nothing having nothing definitely doesn't prepare you no yeah, exactly. exactly I I love that in the cafe yeah. I I think and it is <laughs> it is almost that simple it's, it doesn't have to be anything uh huge that happens um and to happen sort of so organically like that mm. and it, it is literally just knowing isn't it just understanding that what 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 is going to happen or what may happen around that time um because it's it's the transitions that are difficult isn't it yeah. I think and I had fears change. you know I had yes. hurt things you know and I, you know I got bolder and bolder because first of it was like you know does it hurt and 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 what what do you do when you get really hot and that's when I learned the key of you know when you're in bed particularly just flap your pajama top up and down <laughs> um, <laughs> But I had other questions like, you know, will I not want to have sex anymore? You know, and things yeah. that I was really fearing about becoming menopausal and yeah. myths that I had heard. And I was able to check them out yeah. um, and with women who were so delightfully open and honest and um, and and also had had different experiences. So it wasn't like, oh, it's going to be like this. But I got a sense of, well, if this might happen, in which case. I could go here or that might happen, in which case this might help. It was just, I was so lucky. 
Yeah. So when your when your daughter was going through that and you start, were you able to then recognize your own menopause because of this conversation? Yes, because the first thing that happened for me is I used I started waking in the middle of the night, really anxious and totally alert and unable to go back to sleep. And I hadn't connected that with <laughs> I hadn't connected that with menopause or perimenopause at all. So my first thought was, oh my gosh, you know what's wrong? What am I really stressed about? What do I need to change in my everyday, daily, daytime life that's meaning that I can't sleep at night? And um, and then I rem- remembered the conversation and kind of thought, oh, it might not actually be something that's kind of wrong in my life or something that I need to necessarily change because I'm too stressed. This might be my changing hormones. Mm-hmm. And that's not to say that I didn't then change things. I took it as an opportunity. It's like, oh, okay, just the same as when girls are going through menarche this is I mean I do think we women are so lucky we have these transition times menarche pregnancy and menopause when our bodies call to us insist almost that we pay better attention Mm. so in some ways you know things that we've maybe been ignoring things that we know we should do or would be feel better if we did whether that's kind of mentally physically or emotionally those three life changes that that we i mean obviously not every woman goes through pregnancy but but the 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 first and the the third you know it it insists on us to pay better attention and um we're not powerless i think we live in a culture now where some of the ancient wisdom has been lost and so we kind of feel powerless or we have to go someone else has to give us a pill or something to make it go away but actually there's so much that we can do to ease ourselves through that transitions and often it are it is things that don't really sit well in the western world you know for me I certainly pulled back on my working hours for a bit and spent you know gave myself more hot baths and took you know just really took my attention to taking better care and of course that is exactly what we're teaching the girls as they in their pre-teens and they're coming towards starting to get a monthly cycle we're kind of we really encourage them to notice what does your body what do the symptoms tell you about what you need um you know and it might just be that you come straight home after school instead of going to soccer training or you know on that particular week or or it could be that you know there are certain weeks when you know you're just not going to get your homework done on time but that's okay you can plan for it because you kind of often have a sense of when it's coming and also you can let yourself off the hook a bit yeah yeah definitely i think yeah it's it's i it gives us a it's an opportunity if we look at it in that way if we've all got the a, a chance to speak to um older people at that stage in our lives it does become an opportunity it's like well okay what can i change it's a it's an opportunity for change we do fight against that a little bit don't we we can fight about like we've spoken before about letting go we have sometimes have to to rest more we have to fit that in don't we so we have to kind of let some things go and I suppose that's a bit like a an adolescent you have to let some of the things that you would do uh, in childhood uh, go a little bit I I suppose it is a huge we've sort of I'm going to talk about fluctuating hormones in a minute but I suppose it's a huge transition like we were saying on both sides um and when we spoke to Naomi um she told us some of the topics that you that she was discussing with her girls this is the girls um is it the girls journey no the online one 
Girls Net. Girls Net, sorry. Um, And she said she was discussing in her group of 14 and 15-year-olds, A, finding our joy, B, how to cope with big feelings, and C, being okay with making mistakes. And we thought then, we thought this, it's that all those things are so relevant, like you were just saying um, in menopause. And she she voiced, actually, didn't she, Naomi, that she felt this um, during her training. Um, So do you think... Because you were saying mums sort of say, have you got anything for us? Do you, do you think their daughters can can teach them anything? I think our children have so much to teach us. <laughs> um, I don't know a single parent who hasn't felt like their child hasn't forced them to learn really difficult things. Yeah. And that's um, so positive, and, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's, it's um, and certainly for my own daughter, um, you know, it's what we all wish for, don't we? That our own children are going to just be that little more ahead of us at each life stage than we were because they've got the benefit of us feeding in what we've learned and and supporting them in a way that we wished perhaps we'd been supported. And so, and then my daughter go, takes it one step on from that. And, and then I watch her and I kind of think, oh my gosh, <laughs> um, yeah. I could learn from her. I could learn from her relaxed attitude to this or from her ability to just brush that off or her ability to stand up for herself in this respect yeah. um, in a way that I couldn't at her age. And so I think it, for me, certainly menopause um, helped take me back to some of those really important let- lessons that we get in the teenage years. I mean, teenagers are so magnificent at taking themselves really seriously, taking their feelings really seriously, taking friendships really, and putting them really high up on the list, putting themselves high up on the yeah. list. And I think certainly for myself, um, part of the culture that we live in, part of the hormonal influx that come, came to me through motherhood, I put myself to one side a lot more. And in some ways that's appropriate. And in some ways as adults, we can make that choice. But I think it's not always, it doesn't always feel like a choice that we start to ourselves drop down the list. Yeah. And I think not only my daughter going through that kind of hormonal change herself at the same time, but me going through it too, meant that both of us were kind of wrestling with what do I need? I haven't got what I need. The world isn't right for me anymore. Um, yeah. How can I change it? What's what? what? And, and so I think, yes, we definitely learned from each other. But she was very inspiring to me because she was certainly way ahead of that I was ever uh, her age. Yeah. Um, and and my own experience, too, of, of the menopausal hormones. I mean, I was a I would say. I was I wasn't late to motherhood, but I but I was later than perhaps previous generations, certainly than my grandmother when she started having children. I think I was even called something like a oh, what's the term oh, they, they do? Geriatric, geriatric, geriatric mother. Yeah. I was a geriatric that's mother in my early thirties. Yes, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Which I found a little offensive. We need to do something about that. Let's change that terminology. That doesn't inspire you with with great feelings of being able to birth that that baby. No, as a geriatric. Yes. Um, In terms of being an older mother, it meant that the hormones of of perimenopause and menopause kicked in possibly a little too early in my mothering journey because what I noticed is I, and I think this is really good, I started to kind of feel like, that's it. I've done with cooking. I've done with bedtimes. I've, you know, I'm, I'm 
this whole kind of taking care of everyone else, I've got way less time and energy for it now. And I think developmentally for me as a person, that's really important to have that hormonal support to move out of the phase of motherhood and into a new phase of, of um, well, for me, what it's been is focusing more on myself and what I what I can bring to the world um, and a, an ever increasing passion for what I'm what really matters to me and what I can do about it and what and the way in which I can serve not only my own un, family unit but all girls in fact that's the mission yeah. of rights for girls is to change the world one girl at a time why not and and so it was a bit unfortunate because my daughter was a little too young for that to start happening. I kind of left the kitchen because I just started burning everything. And um, <laughs> and 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 actually, if she'd have been born a little earlier, I think it, we would have matched each other better. I think my perimenopause started a bit early in her life because she was still pre a preteen. But that said, we managed it fine. I just had to kind of grit my teeth a bit and <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of do carry on with the mothering that I was feeling less inclined to do. Yeah. But I can also see how important that was for me in terms of, you know, me moving into a new life phase. Yeah. I recognize that completely. Do you? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I've always wondered um, after having um, my third one, is it because I'm older or is it because he's my third or is it because of perimenopause that, literally that washing your hands of it okay I'm I think I'm I'm gonna do what I need to do but actually survival technique yes yeah keep it keep everyone alive but you know it's my turn yeah yeah and and that as you said Kim I love Mm. that it is that um I remember we we've been doing our weekly um invitation this week has been to sort of go back and try and remember what we were like at that age um and remember our first period and just kind of get some feel for what we were like then. And I remember being so passionate, as you say, that passion really mm. comes back, doesn't it? And it's, it's been great for us it's to revisit. Ang- I think it's getting, it. you get angry at things, but you, you're not just getting angry. You're actually very proactive yeah. as well. We see, yeah. it, we see it in our teenagers. And I think we have the benefit of being returned to that kind of energy. Mm. Um, that kind, like you said, you know, okay. And what am I going to do about it? What yeah. can I do about it? Yeah. Um, and you you were saying about Naomi talking about the, the different topics that we have in our girls group, and it's both girls net and girls journeying together. Actually, I think absolutely there's no time limit on these things. Who doesn't need to be reminded sometimes about focusing on what brings us joy, or permitting ourselves to be less than perfect, and that we can make mistakes? And in fact, that is the only way we learn is yeah. by making mistakes. Um, there are other topics too, like you know finding finding a mentor, finding someone who you can turn to, who isn't family. Um, and that's true of, of us at any age. So yes, absolutely. I know that the the mothers who join the mother's circle who have brought their girls to girls journeying together, you know, they don't, of course, their motivation, of course, is for their girls. But what the feedback we get from the mothers is, oh, my gosh, this is, this is, this is so important at this stage in my life, as I'm helping my daughter grow up, and make that transition into the teenage years i need that support and of course because what we do in the mother's circle is we 
the mothers will talk about similar things to what we're covering with the girls each month so that they're kind of in similar territory and then they can be alert to if their daughter is you know asking particular questions or but of course it's really important just like you're doing in inviting people to go back to that time to invite the mothers to remember back what was it like for you at that yeah. stage because that will not only influence your mothering of your own daughter at that age but it will help you to understand her a little bit deeper mm. and so yes in girls journey together the mothers do get that opportunity in girls net it's just the girls but in fact though you know of course as Naomi said any woman who trains with us um, part of the way that we train women is very experiential so whether you train with us to be a girls net mentor or you train with us to be a girls journey together facilitator part of that training is we take you through each session of the course as your preteen self brilliant so you go back and not only can you heal some of the things that were maybe missing from your past but you also get the knowledge inside of you of what what it is that you're going to be offering to the girls and that gives you a deep wisdom that doesn't come from your head it comes from your whole being and you 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 draw on that when you're when you're doing your work as a mentor or facilitator but of course you know all the women who go through our programs of course it also brings up things mm -hmm. and so we part of the training is also our women's work where we support women to you know become the woman that they would have liked to have in their lives when they were a preteen yeah I just love all of that I do too yes I remember Naomi saying she went back to her 11 year old self and how valuable that was mm. it's fantastic and it's a bit like what we do with uh, we've got one tonight actually a menopause cafe um, and you said you had the meet that meeting with the um, older women and that's that's really what the menopause cafes are are about just to be able to for some women they haven't got a clue no, have they and they can talk and the noise level oh Mm. Yeah. <laughs> because they're chat 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 and they're excited to talk yeah, that, yeah. that's uh, and yeah. like kim said they can ask questions there's yeah. postmenopausal women there's peri and everything in between and there's ones and, who don't know anything yeah. yeah and of course men are allowed they don't normally come i don't know why <laughs> but you know men and kids they're all they're all they're all allowed to come i think um, the men are frightened because it's just yeah. so you know they don't understand and they don't feel like they can ask the questions that they want to ask because yeah. of course you know, especially for men who are in a relationship with a perimenopausal or a menopausal woman, they're ex they're going through it too, yeah. alongside their partner, and will have questions about all kinds of things, but that they have nowhere to ask either. It's a shame it's still so taboo. I'm delighted to hear that you're holding the cafe because, mm -hmm. you know, I I mean, I have to say I was a bit on a <laughs> a bit a bit on a mission when I was going through it. I, I you know, if I was having if I was having a hot flush or or a real kind of intensity of feelings, I'd just name it wherever I was Good. because I wanted it to become every day. It's like, actually, just give me a second. I can't, you know, I've just lost my train of thought. I'm going to go and get a glass of water because that's what I need right now. I'll refocus um, because I'm at a time of life when I, when I, this is this is I found this actually is a really good way to take a pause sometimes. Mm, yeah. And you know, to name it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think we can all learn something from that. So going back to the, um, with the fluctuating hormones in, in both, in, in obviously in the, the girls and, and the mums, um, does it make more life more difficult or can it help? Do you think when you know that? If you've got two in the same house, same household. household. I mean, it's either a boiling pot or you can actually try and get some positivity from it as well, can't you, where you're helping each other, I suppose. 
uh, my answer would be yes to both it can yeah. make it better and it can make it worse yeah it depends I think it? Yeah. you know um it it gives you deeper understanding for each other um but equally you're both being challenged in in different ways that means you're possibly less available to each other um I don't think it has to be either or I think it's both and and you know um the more that we're able to be open with our daughters about how we're feeling and what we're going through, but also particularly in a way that's not going to scare them. Mm. You know, we so many girls are frightened of their monthly cycles because of how they hear women talking about them. And they're frightened of, of pregnancy and they're frightened of menopause because of how we talk about it. I think mm. we need to be careful about how we describe it. And don't, and I don't mean just, you know, jollying it up and whitewashing the difficulties I think yes absolutely but you know I used to sometimes say to my children look actually I was awake for three hours last night so this morning only ask me something if you absolutely need to and if you're prepared for me to be a bit short Brilliant. <laughs> you know? yeah, and then that. I just I Honestly. told them what to expect and then they know not to take it personally and I hope that that also gave my daughter permission to kind of go okay so actually don't speak to me in the morning. <laughs> yes. I love that. Say. It's almost yes. like not, you're not, I'm going to say this now, you're not glittering a turd. You're actually saying exactly what it is. Yeah. And mm. everyone knows where they are. Yeah. So there's no kind of, oh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, it's like walking on eggshells. No, no it's no not eggshells. because I know, I know exactly where I am. I think that's a really valid point, Kim, as well about um, fear and negativity because um, menopause is such a huge conversation at the moment um, and, and we've been part of that conversation. But I am con we are concerned sometimes that there is a lot of fear. Yeah, I think it's important to acknowledge the challenges of it whilst, yes, also acknowledging what it brings us. Yeah, being, yeah, being vulnerable in each other's company, isn't it? And I would love to speak. Sorry, Lou. Yes, it is. I yeah. was just thinking then. I would love to speak to one of your girls <laughs> uh, around when when they start going into perimenopause. Because I bet if if we all had the confidence, you know, or the 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 lack of fear uh, around our first period and around that time, we're going to enjoy our menopause so much more, aren't we? Well, I really hope so because what I what I really want to do and we are doing in girls groups across the country is normalizing the conversation so that mm -hmm. girls um it's natural at that age not to feel comfortable talking about it that's okay as long as the mentor or the facilitator is comfortable talking about it because we bring then an ease that shows them oh my gosh we, it, it's kind of normal to talk about this mm -hmm. and we you know we we cover the floor in pads and tampons with wings and without wings and disposable and non-disposable and cups and sponges and and they all you know and, and the period pants and look you can get them in Marks and Spencers now and you know so and they all get to touch them and hold them and they go home with a pad that they can try on and wear for an hour or so and so that the first time they wear a pad isn't the first time they need to wear a pad oh, um nice. and by normalizing it all what they already the feedback they get is like I feel when it happened, it just felt not only did I feel excited um, and I felt really ready and prepared. I knew what I needed to do and what I needed, but also um, I was able to get the help that I needed. You know, they recognize that it 
didn't doesn't have to be done alone you know if you get in cramping or you or you're feeling really moody there are things that can help and there are people that can help and mm-hmm. hopefully by girls kind of experiencing that first transition into the monthly cycle in in a way that i mean for example one of the things we do is we we show them how to put together a period pencil case so it's like a pencil case that can have in your bag. If it falls out of your bag, no one's going to ask you what it is because it just looks like a pencil case. But in there are whatever you need, a spare pair of pants, a, a pad, a bar of chocolate, um, whatever else, painkillers, whatever you might need need in there. And, I, and I've had so many girls who've said, oh, actually, I need three. My daughter was the first one that taught me this, actually. She said, oh, I need three pencil cases. And I was like, okay, where? And she said, well, one for my bag, one for your bag, and one for dad's bag. And so there's this comfort and ease about, you know, it's not something that has to be hidden. It's not that we're, you know, the pencil case is not because we feel ashamed or need to hide it. It's just that we don't want everybody to know. Um, But we can certainly, you know, ask dad or and, and the way that girls are able to, you know, go to the toilet in classrooms in schools that forbid any child to leave the classroom when they need to, the way that they learn how to negotiate that, that it's a basic human right to be able to have access to the toilet when you need it, whenever you need it. And I think that then prepares them very well for what we were just talking about. Say you're having a hot flush and you need to take care of certain personal needs in that moment. And it might, it might very, might be in a very public place, but we don't feel ashamed. We don't necessarily have to shout it from the rooftops, but we know how to take care of ourselves or get the help that we need to be able to make ourselves comfortable again yeah we're not afraid to no. ask or or to or to talk about it I wish I'd have had a pencil case yeah, me too. and you know interesting I've just been away for 24 hours with my two girls who have left home now and um my youngest daughter was having having a period and we were in a, a restaurant and she just, she just, she got out. It wasn't a pencil case. It was a type of pencil case, like a makeup bag. And on this case, it said, I'm having my period. And off she walked <laughs> to the toilet. And I was like, yeah, she's proud. She's got it. That's brilliant. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Um, and aren't period pants great. I would have loved period pants. So would I. I feel so cheated. Me and too. Period, pants, <laughs> period bikini bottoms and oh. period swimming costumes. And yeah, absolutely. It takes away some of that anxiety about leaking and so many other things. Yeah. I, I'm so delighted. And why did it take us this long? I know. It's such a simple idea, isn't it? And, and I just why think of, of our daughters, daughters, it's going to be, it's gonna, I've, I hope I live that long. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, And finally, if they, what we've just said, if they, if they, if they're more comfortable, they've got no fear, then by the time they get, because some, obviously some girls, we've spoken to girls who have, might not even have their first period and go straight into early menopause or some girls go into their menopause um, in their Mm thirties. So hopefully you know, you you give them the tools to be able to cope with that. Absolutely. And, and you know, if they started with those tools and it actually GirlsNet, whilst Girls Journeying Together is for girls who are 10, 11 and 12 years old, GirlsNet is um, for small groups of same age girls, but anywhere between eight and 18. And if you get those tools when you are going into young adulthood, you're going to hopefully then put into practice those tools right the way through your adulthood. So it's not that you don't use them your whole adult life. And then, of course, if you you think less of it, of, of kind of 
putting yourself first and getting what you need and taking good care of yourself when when we really need to do that again mm-hmm. at other stages of our life other tr- big transitions you know the death of somebody or a pregnancy or our own menopause yeah. um and certainly when i talk to the girls the other thing that we that we really um kind of appreciate with them is that you know in those few days leading up to the start of your period each month um and and the first few days of your period you're often more sensitive and more finely attuned to your feelings and many girls and women experience that as a bad thing but it's only a bad thing our feelings are never wrong Mm. they are never wrong they are so important they tell us what we need and it only gets complicated if we ignore them but if you haven't got the tools and the ability to know how to manage those intense feelings because that's the thing is often around that time of the month they just the intensity goes up yes well, I found in menopause, <laughs> it was no longer cyclical. It was all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if by then we've got used to managing the intensity of those big feelings and we have tools and they're different for everyone. But of course, there are some that we will share with other people. If you've already you've had a lifetime of managing the intensity of your feelings when it comes to the menopause and, and it all amps up again, we are well equipped. We're well equipped to knowing actually best I take myself off right now because I'm not going to say anything nice Um, or this is obviously been really troubling me and I've been ignoring it I need to give it my proper attention now I need to speak up I need to speak out I need to say something or do something differently if we treat our feelings as part of our intelligence and a really important part of our intelligence then not only are we not cheating ourselves of what we need we're not cheating the world of what we have to bring to it yeah I think uh, a lot of us sort of around our age have learned to almost disconnect from our feelings or not trust them They're, Mm. they're there aren't they they're intuitive but we don't trust them because we're sort of um society has told us not to and so I think if you've never disconnected, if you've learned to trust those feelings, I think that's why a lot of us in, in menopause now have a lot of trouble because we are so disconnected mm. from our bodies as well, yeah. not just from our feelings. Mm. And uh, it's a it's a it's a huge thing. Yeah, mm. I hope I'm around in a few years to see all these girls come come oh, through. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of our earliest girls, they I mean, that's part of our programs is the girls come back as ambassadors. So in our particularly in girls journeying together, some of the older girls come back to tell the younger ones about their first period and also how it's been since then. Um, and yeah, those girls, I listen to them. I just think they're magnificent and they're different. They're, you know, there are some very quiet, naturally introvert, but still deeply centered in themselves girls so it's not about turning girls into anything other than what they actually are and finally where can people find you and find out more more details for rights for girls Mm, thank you for asking that so um you can find our website um rightsforgirls.com and rights is spelt r-i-t-e like rites of passage so rightsforgirls.com and on there there are tabs for girls groups, so you can find out about Girls Journeying Together and Girls Net. You can find your nearest Girls Journeying Together group or you can sign your daughter up for Girls Net. Um, and then the next tab along from that is training um, and tells you about training as a Girls Net mentor or training as a Girls Journeying Together facilitator. We also do run parenting courses, which you can find in the shop. Um, and the other place that you can find um, me anyway is my book, um, which is called From Daughter to Woman. 
guiding girls safely through their teens. Um, and that can be found in in every good bookshop. And <laughs> if you like the sound of my voice and you want me to read it to you, then you can get it on Audible. Oh, that would be fantastic. Nice. My after listening last time you came on, um, my brother listened to it. Um, he's a he's a fan, isn't he? My he's brother. And he bought two books. He's got two daughters who are one's 30. Um, well, actually, they're both just over 30 now. Um, so he bought two books, one one each, and they've both got daughters. I think one's nine and one's one. Um, so he thought he he read it himself and then and then get, gave it to them. And and I think it's, you know, it's a fantastic gift, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Oh, Kim, thank you. Thank you As again. Always. Yeah, absolutely oh, brilliant. It's my absolute pleasure. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Lots to think about, Lou. <sighs> Too much. As always, <laughs> yeah. talking to Kim. Thank you, Kim. And we'll also put all that on our on our podcast show notes. Book Collective Gents. Now we've just started. Dame Deborah James's How to Live When You Could Be Dead. Yes. Whoa. I've only just started it. Like read the intro and it's fantastic. It's gonna be a good uh good read. Really emotional think. wreck with it. Yeah, I know, because we know obviously we know the ending. We know the ending and um and I stupidly read the end. Oh, I knew you? the ending, but there's a letter. Do you do that with books? Yeah, I do. Do you there's a letter. Well, every book? Yeah. There's a I read the last. You're page. not going to tell me the ending of this now, are you? You're not going to no, do but there's a letter. Okay. There's letters to her oh. children and her husband, and I read them. You nutter! <laughs> and that started me off. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll leave that. Thanks for the warning. Yes, yeah, some people do. They read the last paragraph of books, yeah, don't I they? I do. I do that. Do you? Because then I'll know if I am going to enjoy it. It doesn't spoil anything. No, no, because the right if the writing's good and pure and the characters are, are amazing, I'm lost. Would I'm you done. would you read that before you bought the book? Like if you're yeah. in a bookshop, yeah. you pick it up yeah. and you say, Oh, that yeah. yeah, I like the sound of that. Yeah, ending. and then I'll go for a page in the middle just to make sure that the oh. writing is what I would like to read. That type of you know, the prose and oh, everything. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. try before you then, buy, love. And then have you forgotten the end by Oh by God, yes, yeah. I forgot what I did two minutes ago, James. <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> I'm menopausal. Good tip then. Good tip for menopausal women. Just check out the end of the book. Yeah, you'll never remember it. Then you'll read it and then have to read it again anyway. So it doesn't matter. It's a very cheap way of reading. <laughs> read the same book several times. <laughs> anyway, so it's a good, it's good it's so good. far. So uh, yeah. yeah. I I just because I said a little bit about it last week and um I've just been sort of flicking through it. I didn't want to start it too too early because we're going to be reading it with um with you you people you li lovely listeners hopefully um but there's just a bit in it um which, which I want to read um and and it says um it says when I was a teacher we used to take the six formers away every year on a retreat. I'd run the workshop with the kids. Well, they were 17, 18 year olds, so they were actually young adults, and I'd read them a piece by the French writer called Mark. Levy about time and how we use it. I suppose it is a bit cheesy in some ways, but it really pulled my strings when I first heard it as a teenager. Um, so this is really good. So it asks the reader to imagine that they have a bank account that is credited with £86,400 every day. But every evening, anything that isn't used is lost. 
only to be topped again with the same amount the next morning. And if you had such an account, you'd spend every dollar, wouldn't you? Uh, Levy goes on to explain that we do have such a bank account, but that every morning we receive 86,400 seconds and the time that we don't use is lost forever. That is amazing, isn't it? Isn't that? Because you think money, you would spend it so well and you would give to charity and you would help others. Yes, and you'd but work out what ways. You, you, what do you do with your yeah. 84,600 seconds. seconds? Yeah. Maybe not do everything so wisely. Maybe get off your phone a yeah. bit, stop scrolling. Yeah. 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 Maybe not be that bothered mm. to tell, tell your partner that you'd brought down two cups <sighs> for them that day. Yeah. yeah. I know. So maybe think about your 86,400 uh, seconds. Where are we going to read to? So if you're joining us and you have this book, mm. we're going to read to chapter up to chapter three we're not going to read chapter three we're going to go up up to so i think that's page 52 um it's nice it's a nice easy read it's not it's not not a hard one and yeah don't read the last oh it's quite nice big writing i'm just reading something else at the moment it's got big writing oh nice you know i sat on the train reading and i just thought i don't care if the bloke you know three three rows back can read it i'm happy i can see what i'm doing yeah Oh, yeah, we're beyond trying to impress anybody no. with our reading matter. No. No, doesn't matter, does it? I'm never going to doesn't read matter about your reading matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter at all. It matter about that reading matter. <laughs> I'm not going to read War and Peace, I tell oh, you now. God, do you know what? My 84,600 seconds would be wasted on that. They would. You never get them back. Bloody wouldn't that's bank sure. Mind you, if you could read the whole thing in 86,400 seconds, I think that I think might be 80, a record. 84,600. Something like that. Anyway, we've got more hours. We've got more, more, more seconds in the day than anyone else around these we, parts. We, we have around these parts. So our foodie this month is foodie, foodie, is food for migraine sufferers. And Lou is sat here with a, well, would you, on a scale of one to five, where is your migraine? Oh, it's a healthy three. Is it? Yeah. We've got menopause cafe tonight. You're going to be all right? I know. Wow. We'll see. I might have to lie down in the middle of the room or something. Yeah, you might. It gets very noisy <laughs> take, down take there. Take the headphones down. <laughs> um, so this one is uh, I've made a vanilla mug cake. Um, it's made. It's from the Dizzy Cook again. Um, I don't know really why it's for migraines. I think it's partly. I think it's mainly because it's when you want something sweet, but you can't obviously with a migraine or. To prevent migraines, you don't want coffee or chocolate, chocolate no. anything too sugary. Um, and also, if you've got the beginnings of a migraine um, and you want something quick and easy, this, honestly, is bloody brilliant. Well, do you know what? When you brought it up, I thought it was because it's in a little mug. Mug? Yeah. I thought it was a bit of ice cream. There's a bit of ice cream on the top. And that may be not good. But I thought, I remembered you I like, like cool things. The cool things, yes. yeah. So that's why I added a bit of ice cream. You can have it with ice cream. You can have it. You could add a few um, berries. Remember, sort of, I think blueberries were really good. Pears. I've been having, after Sarah yes. said she loves a pear, I've been having a pear. You've been having a pear. You like an odd pear, don't I you? She loves an odd pear <laughs> on my yogurt in the morning. So what do you think, Lou? I hope it's not too claggy. I made one yesterday and it was blooming lovely. It's it's a bit claggier than normal cake, which is why you might need a bit of ice cream or something with no, it. No, it's very nice, Jim. Good. Mm. I think it satisfies the sort of sweetness without mm. actually uh, making a whole cake. 
And she says, um, this is for when you want something sweet, but you're avoiding chocolate and preservatives uh, in the migraine or migraine prevention. Uh, this vanilla mug cake is made without eggs. It's an easy dessert that you can quickly uh, make with just a coffee mug and a microwave. So Which is what could, she did it, when we were downstairs yes. making tea. You, you could see how quick it was, Lou. Literally while the kettle boiled, I made this cake. Um, it's a light and fluffy vanilla cake with a tender crumb, no oven needed. Just blend the ingredients together right in the mug and you microwave for about one and a half minutes. Um, I topped it with a little bit of powdered sugar. You could put fruit on there, like say blueberries, um, a bit of ice cream. Again, if you like something cool like Lou does with when she's got a, a headache or migraine. Um, instead of the eggs, she uses a seed butter um, because some people nuts can bring on or, okay. or can trigger a migraine but that's not you Lou, no, is it me. nuts it's don't trigger I. so um I put uh, nut butter instead I put peanut butter instead of a seed butter um and she says if you so she says you can do that if you're not in the elimination phase of a migraine diet peanut butter um would be good and peanut butter is lovely in it isn't oh, it oh it's fantastic Oh, thank you, gents. Oh, good. I'm glad you enjoy it. So give that, let us know if you uh, give that a go. We're going to put the um, recipe on our um, podcast show notes and it will be on Instagram. Um, but literally it's flour, bit of sugar. You could put coconut sugar, unrefined sugar, a um, uh, bit of peanut butter, little bit of vegan butter I put in there, a little bit of oat milk, a little bit of vanilla paste. That's it. Simple. Pimps. Pimp. 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 <laughs> Pimples. Hopefully it won't give you pimples <laughs> or a headache. W, we didn't know who was going to start then, did we? We didn't. We didn't. We were both looking at each other over the mix. <laughs> uh, WI, gents. W so this was something that's really close to your heart and you became yeah. quite emotional about. So the about your menarch it was yes. about your menarch it was what kate codrington it was a little little practice she suggested yes. in her book wasn't it yes. so 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 how... from the suggestions below so she said reflect on the time around your first period and what was going on for you then uh, what were the messages you received about being a woman so i actually did the first two and you did the third one funnily enough yeah, it's complete coincidence know. we picked different ones so the reflection on the time around my first period and what was going on for me then it was really interesting to have a real proper think about it um so i, I i've written um well, i think it was around 1982 because i'm sure i was about 13 in which I was third year at school it would have been I was 14 year so nine right. now yep um and I was I went looking back I was very unstreetwise quite naive um and I because I remember a joke going around at the time which was a stupid bloody joke but um it went like this what's white and moves around the dance floor come dancing because they used to be instead of strictly come, it was stri ah, it was just come dancing. Do you remember at the come time? Come dancing, yeah. Um, so come dancing. I didn't get it, but I laughed like a pixie because I thought everyone else is laughing. I didn't get that come could be spelt C U M, and I didn't even know what come was. No, me either at that age. No, so I didn't know. I I didn't get it. Um, but but worse than that, really, Lou. Like we were talking to Kim about, we just don't talk about stuff. I was too no. embarrassed to say to any of my friends, what even my it? friends, what is it? And I, I, bet, they, and I bet they didn't know. They were probably doing the same. No, they probably didn't know unless they had older brothers or yes. you know, siblings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so, and I remember all around that time, boys would ping your, ping your bra in the summer and they all call me tree trunk legs. Uh, what else do I, do I reflect on? I loved swimming and swimming club and playing my clarinet. Um, and I also remembered when I really thought about it, I was suddenly aware of my body. Mm. Um, but it was only be- really because of people's comments. Yeah, not uh, because of Not because know. of me. I wasn't aware in my swimming costume or anything. It was just because of other people's comments, usually boys. I loved music and art, drawing and painting, um, but I'd never, ever, when I thought about it, never been shown a period pad or a tampon. Um, So that brings me to number two, the message. What messages about being a woman? Um, I mean, you know, my my mum, the messages I had, my mum never came swimming whenever we went anywhere. Mum never came swimming with us. It was always um, four to swim and one spectator. I remember those words Mm. constantly. Um, And she says now she was too embarrassed of her body, but she really wishes she had. Um, And my my mum, when I look back again, my mum was always seemed to be in the kitchen um, working, um, even if we uh, us and dad by we uh, were watching something good on the tv so really my my messages of what a woman was you know weren't somebody in the background yeah. actually somebody who was just keeping the home going yeah not just because that's a huge job but it, they part of family life but almost a backbone of it and they didn't get involved in the nice stuff exactly not yeah. much fun was no. my impression yeah. of a woman women yeah. you know so yeah, but I've got to write my letter, which I believe you you wrote a letter. I've written to a your... letter, and I, do you know I only did it this morning because I've been thinking about it, and I just and I both asked the girls about their menarch, and um, they just went, oh yeah, no, it was fine because you know it was fine. We you talked about it, and school had talked about it, and there was nothing negative around, you know, there. So, Brilliant, you know, which I thought was really good actually. So I thought I'm just going to write a letter. So i've only haven't even read this through because it just literally you know when you start writing it all flow Mm. down so it just it just came out and it's it's not huge don't worry don't go and get the kettle back on again (laughs) um so my letter is to my menstruating younger self Mm. you may have finally started your bleeding but you are not yet a woman make sure you hold on to the important things in life don't be in a rush to now become the woman society expects enjoy all the things you did before You're not too cool to still climb the trees. Enjoy the sport you did before your bleed. Listen to the people around you who who you know in your heart are giving you the best advice. Hormones will be raging. Tears will come easy. And the red mist of anger will rise like the devil. Take your time and be easy on yourself. Don't rush life to become a woman. There's plenty of time for that. In menopause, you have a perimenopause, the before when your body is changing. In youth, we have adolescence. We need to think of the early years of bleeding as a transition from girl to woman. It's not an overnight expectation. Be gentle with yourself. Listen to your body. Don't rush. Take your time to get to know and understand the awakening in you. Enjoy evolving into the new kind of you. was poetic oh so that was just this morning when I come back yeah from the it's just a little walk. thing I threw literally together. I've been thinking about it. so I just think yeah I think we are too hard we're too harsh yeah. or we yeah. were always taught to be harsh on ourselves yeah yeah definitely definitely we yeah we are um I think so that's yeah, just lovely. Be gentle. would you have do you remember because you were you um you were later. quite late I was weren't 15 you? do you think if if you had have got that letter would you have 
read it and, and took something. If it was something... from somebody yeah, that you that I actually would respected. have respected and listened to, um, I definitely would have yeah. done. Yeah, if it was, yeah, I think yeah. I would have done as well. Yeah. Yeah. At least just, some of it. Yeah, even mm. just like that that thing about being easy on yourself mm. and don't rush mm. and don't don't be cool. Mm. And like Kim said earlier, rest. Yeah. You know, just plenty of take yeah. take rest because And you... if you are in that red mist that you know yeah. that rises like the devil, yeah. then tell somebody I'm angry. Yeah. yeah. Be honest. Yeah. So oh, there we go. Yeah, fantastic. Do you have a quote for us this week? I don't actually have a quote. Oh. I have a small little poem. Oh, yes, the Pam Ayres. Pam Ayres. <gasps> so she talked, she had a beautiful, she had the funniest poem about her husband, which I thought was very apt, but it was a very long one, so I scrapped that one. <laughs> but her husband who knows everything and why the United Nations don't go to her husband for, for everything because he knows, you know. How to how to cure poverty, you know, third world, you know, which peace. he tells her all the time, yeah, and then, but then, no one no, else, and none of their friends ever come round anymore. She's noticed. There's a, there's a few of them on the internet as well. <laughs> there is, there is. So that that is a, so go check that one out. But that that was um that was quite long. So this is this is about half a page, but it's a nice little we're quarter Lovely. of a page, but it's a nice little quick one. Go for which it. Lou. Made me laugh the other day. So Pam is the makeup lady. I went to buy a lipstick and I hoped for some advice on choosing an attractive shade to make my face look nice. I stepped up to the counter in my trainers and my Mac, but the sales assistant saw me and she vanished out the back. <laughs> she was absolutely flawless, an advertiser's dream. She was icy as a glacier and chic in the extreme. I was clearly not the customer that she desired to meet. I could have been some reptile that had crawled in off the street. And I thought I'd find the manager and have a little word in favour of an altogether craggier old bird. Some game old girl who's been around the block a time or three, who's fending off the years and has a waist as thick as me. An understanding confidant with who you could relax, who knows the way that lips tend to bleed into the cracks. <laughs> A saviour for those of us who know our youth is past. To show us all the tricks and keep us fighting to the last. <laughs> that just made me brilliant. smile. I haven't got the Pam Ayres voice because she does it so beautifully. Oh, that is brilliant. But I just yeah. want to make you all smile on this. I love a bit Funny of old week. Yeah, but it, it, it does bleed into the oh, crack. Oh, it does. Even it? with a lip liner, it does oh, nowadays. Don't start me on lip liners, yeah. Jess. Oh, oh my god! I got to do me the good thing about that. the good thing about getting older and it bleed when it bleeds into it, you don't really see it. No, <laughs> you can't see it. Everything, even with glasses on, letting down bad. your chin. Until <laughs> <laughs> your daughter or someone says, "Mum, what's happening?" And then it's all stuck on your teeth anyway. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a lovely look. It's a beautiful look. It's a beautiful look. Oh, what a lovely week. So we hope your tea's not gone cold and that you'll join us next Sunday for The Collective. We would love you to subscribe, favourite and review our podcast. It really helps us spread the word. Please head over to our Instagram page, Womankind Collective, to leave comments or DM us with your thoughts or watch us and our guests on our Womankind Collective YouTube channel. And lastly, you will find all the links, the recipes, the guest details and our hashtag where's my clinic campaign petition from menopause clinic in devon on the podcast show notes well said lou with a thank little you. migraine as well thank you so Good. much well, i'm gonna go in now and have a lie down in a very darkened room before the cafe yes you go and lie down i'll i'll 
I have to polish that cup and a cake. Cup and a cake? Cake and a cup. Mug and a, a, mug mug and a, a bun, I was going to say. Fun. Whatever it's called, oh, yeah. I'll go and finish that off. That's All the right, thoughtful things friends do. Thank you.